This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories about data and technology and the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. What if I could tell you that there was a way to feed children in the United States who are going hungry simply by using text messaging? I think where our heads immediately jump to is, all right, who do I have to text my money to now? How much is it going to cost? Welcome to episode eight of Using the Whole Whale, and today we're going to be talking with Jason Wilson of NoKidHungry.org. He is the Associate Director of Digital Communication there, and actually he's doing this, but not in the way you think. Let's talk to Jason. Okay, so I'm here today with uh, Jason Wilson from NoKidHungry.org. Jason, uh, tell me what you're up to. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so No Kid Hungry is the campaign of uh, Share Our Strength. We're, simply put, ending childhood hunger in America. So we know that there's enough food out there. Uh, it's really a question of how do you get access to that food? So how do you make sure all the kids that need the food and the nutrition, how do they get access to it? Uh, it's about educating families about, you know, shopping smart on a budget, healthy eating, what does that look like, from, like, whole grains to checking unit pricing and food, food labels. Uh, and then it's a, about awareness, uh, so making sure that families know uh, and kids know about the programs that are available out there, uh, about the great resources that already exist so they can take greater advantage of them. Um, and what we like to say here is that uh, it's about getting every kid healthy food every day. So that's the, the simple piece of it. Um, sort of my role in that is from uh, an obviously from a digital perspective, so I focus uh, all of our social media, uh, electronic communications, website, mobile, texting, uh, all of those efforts live with uh, with my team, um, and we're part of a sort of a larger brand team that thinks about what's the best way to, to raise the most awareness, uh, but also have the greatest impact uh, with some innovative tools that we're, we're working with around texting, uh, and then also some really cool uh, web tools that we've got as well. Great. So I, I chased you down today because I know you're doing some clever things with texting. To give us some more context, can you give me top-line numbers on, say, impact and size of the organization with regard to staff? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our staff is just about 200 staff members now. That includes about 180 here in our headquarters in Washington, D.C., um, which is actually beautiful today. So um, and, uh, which is rare after the winter we've had. So, uh, and then outside of, uh, DC, we've got satellite staff in anywhere from California, uh, San Francisco to, to Boston. Uh, Colorado and Maryland have some concentrated, uh, efforts for us. Uh, and also we have, uh, have some great staff in Arkansas that are kind of doing the work, uh, in the field. Um, and so our impact numbers, um, we, uh, we have connected since we started the campaign, um, we've connected 125 million meals, uh, to kids around the country. So essentially kids are getting, as a result of the campaign and the work that we're doing, uh, have gotten, uh, 125 million more meals, uh, and that's just since November of 2010. Um, so what we're really trying to do is, uh, push the barriers around the numbers. So, Right now, about 50% of the kids out there that are eligible for it uh, actually get a free school breakfast or a reduced price school breakfast. Um, we're trying to push that number up past 70% here. Um, 
we're also talking about summer meals. So uh, about 21 million kids uh, are eligible for free meals uh, when school's out. They don't really have access to those breakfasts for that lunch anymore. Um, and only about 3 million of those 21 million that are eligible actually get that food so and take advantage of that program that's there in their neighborhood. Uh, so what we're really trying to do is push the numbers around that. Um, and a great example of that's like in Arkansas this last year. Uh, we uh, Arkansas saw the greatest increase in the number of meals served throughout the summer uh, in 2013. And that's, that includes, out of all 50 states, raw numbers. So you're talking about including states like California and New York and Texas that have huge programs. Um, more meals, uh, additional meals were served in Arkansas in 2013 uh, than in uh, more additional meals than in any other state. So we're, we're making progress. Um, it's definitely, we have a goal uh, of ending childhood hunger in um, Maryland and Arkansas uh, as sort of a proof of concept states uh, and then really trying to roll it out uh, within the next couple of years, really starting to push into other states uh, and and perpetuating this model that we know is working in, in states like Maryland and Arkansas. So you guys are obviously doing some incredible work. Thank you. Those are brilliant numbers there. Uh, one of the other things that puts you, I think, in a minority is uh, in 2013, there was uh, some data on uh, from the nonprofit scorecard that said only 84% uh, of nonprofits and their donation pages were not mobile optimized. And I say that you're in the minority because you are not only optimized, but you're also thinking about text messaging. Can you give us, uh, I guess, the current strategy of how you approach mobile with regard to uh, NoKidHungry.org? Yeah, so there's like two aspects. Uh, one, you mentioned around uh, how we get more people to donate and get engaged. So we have a fully-fledged mobile-optimized action center. Um, that I can't say the experience is as good as we would like it now, but I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist there. So, um, and then the, I think the more critical piece for us is looking at mobile from a programmatic perspective. So around summer meals. So I have to jump in really quickly here. I get incredibly excited because I start talking about donations and of course he brings it back to we're going to use mobile from a programmatic perspective. I have to play it again. Looking at mobile from a programmatic perspective. There it is. And all too often, we're thinking about texting and new technology from the perspective of how do we get more donors? And instead, these guys are making serious impact. Let's see how they're doing it. How do we get more kids access to those summer meals? And really, it's like an awareness game. So uh, when uh, we first started looking at this in 2011, um, we did, did it from a perspective of let's just find out and put in one place all of the lists, like Excel sheets, PDFs of uh, where the summer meal sites are in every state. Uh, and we were uh, dismayed is probably the softest word, um, shocked and a little bit outraged that uh, there was seven states that I won't name here uh, that we could not even find uh, information for uh, that was within the last three years of summer meal sites. So somebody wanted to find that information online, they couldn't find it. Uh, and uh, as you probably know, calling 311 or state numbers is very difficult. So we started out by just sort of building a map and then trying to collect information from every state on where they were serving summer meal sites. Uh, but we had some data both from the few charitable trusts, uh, the, basically all of their wonderful Internet research, uh, and 
anecdotal research from the field that said most of our people that need this information don't have regular access to a computer uh, that has internet or smartphone. Um, but they did have phones that they could text and texted heavily on those phones. Uh, so what we did in 2012 was kick off a pilot program where we did 13 states and two cities, New Orleans and New York City, uh, where we grabbed all of the summer meal site information we could. Uh, we put it into a database uh, that someone could access by texting a, a basically texting a short code. Uh, it would ask them what their address was, uh, and then it would text them back the address uh, and contact information of two or three of the closest summer meal sites to them. Just to make sure everyone's following, a short code is just a short phone number. So in the case of No Kid Hungry, their short code is 877-877, and the keyword is food. That means you put food into the message body of your text, and then you text it to 877-877. Next, they automatically reply back with, hey, send us your zip code, and then that's sent to their system. It looks up against that database that they just talked about and gives me the closest food opportunities to where I am. All right, let's get back. Uh, dependent upon the area. So in cities like New York City, uh, within half a mile, we could set a radius. Uh, and it would text them back the summer sites that were closest to them within half a mile because we figured that was sort of a safe, easy walking distance. Um, and then in rural areas, uh, like in Arkansas and, and Texas, we spread the radius out a little bit more. We assumed that there might be uh, some capacity, capacity around uh, being able to drive out there. So going back to the, the genesis of when you were collecting the right information and then at that key moment, like, we have this information, we've got a map, it's, you know, the most up-to-date map of where we can uh, provide these services and connect people to these services, uh, why not just, you know, build an app? You know, that's what uh, Uber does. Like, if I want a taxi, I just type it in. Why not invest in, a, in an app people can download and use? Right. So I think one of the biggest challenges for that was simply a matter of who was accessing the information. So we, we, you know, we had that research that said families didn't really have reliable access to the Internet or smartphones that were the ones that were really critically in need of finding that information. Uh, so we thought that it would be best to start where they already were, which is texting. Um, we've talked in recent years uh, and actually just as recently as last week about how do we now turn this into an app that also does the same thing? Although I don't think that texting is going to go away. Um, we, you know, we showed that roughly our Cooking Matters participants are families that are in need of this, uh, this type of service. Uh, and 76% of them, when we uh, did uh, some initial sort of a deep dive on the need here, um, were actually still using smartphones. And in, in 2012, uh, we're using smartphones, or not smartphones, but using phones that had text capabilities only, but no internet connectivity. Um, so, it was definitely an area that we saw the, the medium needed to match where our participants were. I think that's a great point. So really great use, great uh, communication tool to choose because obviously these feature phones uh, are over-indexed for low-income communities, which are the ones you obviously want to reach as opposed to the folks that wait uh, on, online at the Apple Store for the new iPhone whatever S. Exactly. Uh, so that they can play Angry Birds. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Candy Crush, ad nauseum. Yes. So bring me to some of the outcomes of this project. Uh, what did success you know, look like? How have people been using it? And, and how are you measuring impact with regard to this program? Sure. So uh, in 2012 when we launched it, um, we just had, you know, like I said, those two cities and 13 states. 
uh, we had uh, 24,000 text messages sent uh, to the system. Um, that really roughly is about 17,000 unique individuals. So a lot of people, uh, a good percentage actually came back and texted again to find that information at a later date in the summer. Um, and uh, that was with only those that, that handful of states and cities. Um, we were able to expand uh, to 37 states that were part of the texting program in 2013. Uh, and our number of uh, texters doubled uh, to just about 35,000, and the number of text messages also doubled to about 48,000. Uh, so that's like the good hard number uh, there as well. Um, in 2013, we're actually able to connect with the National Hunger Hotline, which is a phone number you can call anywhere, and they can connect you with the summer meal site. So we tapped into their database and not only had some of our community partners that had the summer meal site addresses and information that we were collecting, we had them send it directly to the, uh, the National Hunger Hotline. And so not only did they have that, on, you know, when somebody called in, but we also had all of that right available in the text program as well. Um, and as a result of our efforts, um, there were another 3,000 calls that we generated to the National Hunger Hotline. So I look at those as people who tried to text, couldn't find the information or not quite the information they wanted, but they still had another outlet, a free sort of a toll-free number that they could call uh, and find the information that they needed, uh, which I think, you know, I think is, is really critical. Um, and also we helped the, the National Hunger Hotline jump their database of summer meal sites that they could tell people about from 18,000 in 2012 to over 42,000 individual summer meal sites around the country. Uh, in 2013. So those types of numbers are, are really fantastic. They represent sort of the big picture. Um, but really what we're talking about, I think, are the most compelling stories to me uh, is a story that we uh, we got of uh, a young boy named Connor um, in, in Arkansas. And we interviewed his, uh, his family, actually, for a larger project. Um, and um, his family knew about uh, basically found out about our Text to Find Summer Meal Site program uh, and previously didn't know that there were summer meal sites even anywhere near them uh, and found uh, a summer meal site for Connor to go to uh, for the entire summer. So essentially he was getting fed throughout the entire summer uh, as a result of just a simple text program. Um, and I think those are the types of stories that, you know, really what I, I hoped to collect. Um, you know, and the type of information that I think is most helpful in, in figuring out that, you know, we've actually had an impact. Um, you know, I'd say uh, even beyond that, you know, there's data that show um, that a family spends an average of $300 more in the summertime when school's out feeding their families uh, because they don't have access to those school meals. So anything we can do around that where we can relieve some of that pressure and anxiety around summer, it just helps a kid have a healthy summer and a happy summer and lets them be a kid, uh, which I think is is the ultimate goal for us. Um, going beyond sort of what's next there, you know, we really want to find out. So at the site level, the summer meal site level, are we driving up the number of kids that are coming every day with the texting, the uh, the texting program? Um, that's sort of the uh, the tough nut to crack for us uh, because it requires this level of, of tracking that we don't quite yet have the capacity for. Um, but what we're really hoping is that we can build that in some key areas, especially our proof of concept states like Arkansas and Maryland. Uh, and build a little bit of capacity about saying, okay, at the summer meal site level, 
did we drive more people there because of our text messaging? We're going to do that this summer uh, and hopefully roll that out wider next year. So it's, it's kind of just pilot yeah. small and then get it big. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it's a really wonderful story about uh, what it really means to connect families with these types of resources. Um, currently, I, I believe you use Mobile Commons uh, for your text provider. Uh, have you done any sort of you know, regional drill down uh, since, uh, of course, you know, you, you're able to get uh, people's billing uh, addresses uh, and general locations when they text in. Have you done any sort of breakdown on a regional level to tell, uh, even at a top level, if you are on the ground marketing for how people are finding this is working? Absolutely. So we've noticed that there's been a couple of things. I mean, obviously, the key to success is, right, it's, it's promoting the number, uh, promoting the short code, and making sure that people actually know about it. Um, so in the areas where we've uh, made actual efforts to do promotion, where we produce flyers, we print them, we get that information out directly in the community, we work with community partners to, to actually grab that information and make sure it gets on things like bus stop ads, uh, postcards and flyers get to food banks and, and shelters, uh, that church and faith-based groups get that type of information. Uh, we see 80% more texts coming from those areas. Uh, now, to me, I think that that's also a, a measure of just like how involved those community partners are in terms of wanting to get the word out. But I think, you know, the, the value of promotion can't be discounted. And we work with Mobile Commons to sort of break down our numbers on a state by state and a uh, sort of essentially we create individual short codes uh, for each state that's doing the program. There's one larger one for the national, but we create individual short codes for each state. So like food MD. Uh, would be a good example for Maryland. Um, and then we're able to even track uh, down to that level. So even if we know that somebody uh, even was, we've seen a lot of people from out of that state actually text that number. And my guess is that they're trying to find information for a family member or a friend that lives in that state. Um, and, you know, that's that's all great information to have. And Mobile Commons has made it super simple for us to kind of dig in on where people are texting from. And when we overlay that with the sites, an actual map of the summer meal sites that we have in the system, uh, we see that there's a lot of correlation to uh, increases in summer meals in places like Arkansas, uh, where there's heavy texting and people are using the, the text to find a summer meal site program. We just can't do that one-to-one -one yet where we say, this person texted, and then later on they showed up at the site. Um, and we're hoping to do that through some things where we text them back a few days later and say, hey, did you actually visit the site? Uh, which one did you visit? And, and hopefully get a little bit more information, um, even if it's not, you know, quite quantitative, uh, you know, it, that it, at least it gives us uh, a bit of anecdotal, um, you know, quantitative or qualitative evidence uh, as to how we're doing with the texting program. Gotcha. So you're able to use these short codes against the, the same number. Uh, what is the exact number that people text? Uh, it's it's food to 877-877. That's the, the best one for the national uh, text to find a summer meal site that pulls in all the summer meal sites around the country. Exactly. So it's a really brilliant move to not only just rely on where uh, someone's billing address is. When someone texts in, obviously you get their, their billing address, but you can also segment segment by the campaign, and that sounds like what you're doing with a, uh, a short code, food, MD, or food, whatever the state uh, may be, so then you can uh, drill in. What, um, what has been the most successful form of marketing uh, to uh, drive these text messages? 
Uh, two things have been most successful. Uh, one are the flyers. Uh, we do printable flyers. Uh, they can, they are, each school is required before school lets out for the summer, um, by the USDA to put a flyer or give kids information about summer meals, just generally, and whether that's an announcement over an intercom or whatever. So we provide flyers in a place like Texas where we provided them with a flyer that had the texting short code, uh, and number on it and, and it went in every kid's backpack in the state before they left. Uh, that's the most effective form of marketing. Something comes home with a student to the parent, the parent's going to read it, uh, and that, that helped a lot. Texas was one of uh, our areas the, the amount of text that, uh, that came in. Um, the other thing is radio advertising. We had some radio uh, airtime donated. Um, we did ESAs with uh, local celebrities uh, via the radio. Uh, and those seem to drive a lot of, whenever those radio uh, advertisements play, uh, those drive a lot of, uh, a lot of text into the system. So we can see little spikes, uh, and we can match those up with, uh, when our PSAs were played on the radio. Well, that's fantastic, because also you remember when somebody is listening to the radio, they not, are not necessarily by their, uh, web device where they can literally log on and do something, but it's very, uh, very turnkey to say, just take out your phone and make a text. Um, as opposed to loading a site or loading an app, uh, I mean, it's an easy activation point. Absolutely, absolutely, as long as they're not driving. so <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not texting and driving. Obviously, pulling over to the side of the road and properly texting there we go. There we go. would be the desired action that we want to see. Yes. Uh, well, uh, you know, I think we're, we're coming to uh, about the end. How do people find you, and uh, what are you looking for? How can people help you? I think the biggest thing people can do is promote the short code food uh, and the number 877-877. Really, I mean, like, to me, that's the most important thing. Uh, it really, summer meals start to roll back up in May. Um, if they haven't already joined uh, the movement of people that, that want to end childhood hunger in America, they can always go to nokidhungry.org and they can find out how to learn more information from us. We'll obviously tell everybody, hey, this is when uh, you actually need to uh, share this uh, opportunity with your friends and family and community. Uh, and then we're also rolling out a, a national day of texting uh, the first week of June. The actual date hasn't been set yet, but the first week of June, keep an eye out. Uh, we're asking people on that, um, you know, at that time to share uh, the fact that you can find a summer meal site uh, through call, click, or uh, important to this, uh, through text. Oh, that's fantastic. And Jason, how do people find you on the interwebs? Uh, they can find me, uh, you know, essentially I, I am the Twitter handle for at no kid hungry. So they can find me there. Uh, they can obviously find me through LinkedIn and, um, and on Facebook. Uh, we're at no kid hungry, facebook.com slash no kid hungry as well. Well, great. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. I really enjoyed hearing that story from Jason about using text messaging for impact, how they thought about their constituency and how they could go to them where they were, not just build some mobile app that honestly nobody necessarily had access to and they used text messaging went where their people were. I want you to take a second and think about where you are right now. Literally, are you on the computer listening to this? Are you 
listening on your iPod or you're listening in a car somewhere, and think about what you have most readily available. It's probably sitting in your pocket right now. And the ability to text versus pull up a website of a domain that I might give you and you may be able to put in, what would be easier right now? Texting food to 877 or going to slash something or another, typing that in on your smartphone, loading that over your 3G or 4G network, going to a web page, typing something into a form, and searching it. The ease of use of text messaging cannot be underemphasized. Something to think about as you're trying to increase your impact using text messaging. Well, thanks so much, and as usual, you can find the resources from today's cast on wholewheel.com slash podcast. This has been Using the Whole Whale, the podcast. For more on the topics covered in today's show, please check out wholewhale.com slash podcast. And consider following us on Twitter at wholewhale. And thanks for listening. I see you're still listening, so I'm going to keep talking. The music I've been using for the past eight episodes have been by a talented guy named Greg Thomas, somebody I've known for a while and has graciously let me use his really wonderful music. To check out more of his stuff, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Greg Thomas. Trust me, you won't regret it.